Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, this is Brett Gersky. Welcome to another episode of On The List. This is episode 42. Uh, it's February 2017, and it's Oscar weekend here in L.A. It's a very fun time to be in Hollywood. For those of us who work in the film business or just people who love movies, this is like the Super Bowl. So that's why we're doing a special edition of the podcast. It is our pre-Oscar special. My guest today is Pete Hammond from Deadline.com. I read his columns every day. I uh, have for years. Uh, you can always feel the passion he has for the movies through his writing. So I reached out and I asked him if he'd be the guest today. He kindly said yes, even during this, his busiest season. So we've got him on the phone right now, Pete Hammond. What's up, Hi. Pete? Hi. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm, it's a little crazy, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> as you might imagine, yeah. but uh, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. The end of the season, the I end know. of the... Uh, the whole ride here, the we'll grand where, finale, where it all winds up. I know yeah. it's interesting this yeah. year. It's it's pretty unpredictable this year. I feel like more than you know, more than recently. Uh, some categories. Yeah, some categories. I think um, I think La La Land is fairly predictable in the I hope uh, so. uh, best picture and director categories. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you know, so but yeah, and some of the other categories, uh, particularly best actor. Yeah, uh, we're looking at a real horse race all of a sudden. Yeah, and uh, between Casey Affleck and Denzel Washington, so um, uh, we'll see if one of them wins or if somebody sneaks in. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and steals it from them. Yeah. So this yeah. is. Uh, well, I guess we'll take it category by category. Might be the easiest way. Um, and I was okay. like, as I was saying, this is very exciting because I've read and analyzed every word you've written about this award season. So now we can just break it out. <laughs> we can break it all down. Um, oh my God, that's way too much pressure. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, we'll see. I think we're both kind of encyclopedias of this Oscar knowledge, so we may as well put it to good use. Um, we can talk about who okay. got nominated, who got snubbed, who we predict is going to win. It's this Sunday, the 89th okay. annual Academy Awards. So let's start with the big one. Let's start with Best Picture. Uh, the first thing I want to say about this is in, in 2009, Best Picture changed from five nominees to 10 nominees, which I actually love because it gives more movies a chance to get recognized. Um, but now the way it works, it's up to 10. So it's between five and 10. And this year we have nine. But don't you think it should just be set at 10? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I liked it when they went to 10. I thought that was good. The whole idea when they went to 10, by the way, was because Dark Knight had been snubbed in the Best Picture category, essentially. Exactly. And they felt like if they had more than five nominees, that the Academy would just suddenly start nominating blockbuster <laughs> popcorn type right. movies that the public would watch and the ratings would soar for the Oscars. And that has not happened. Right. Um, so, you know, I thought the idea of 10 was good. There's a DNA in the Academy's history for that. Uh, it used to be 10 in the thirties and, um, uh, you know, and so they went back to that, but I don't think the experiment has worked out for them in this regard. So I think when they switched to five to possibly 10, uh, was a good move. Oh, uh, at least it indicated that they are uh, trying to uh, not just find 10 movies, because if they nominate 10 movies every year and still can't nominate, you know, for instance, a Deadpool, which right. I thought deserved it, uh, and things like that, then I don't think that does the Academy any 
any good. So at least now, you know, if they deem that there's five good movies, they'll nominate five. If there's nine good movies, they'll not, if there's 10 good movies, you know, there's 10 good movies because they nominated 10. I think that system's an interesting one. Okay. And uh, since they've done it, it's only been eight or nine. It yeah. hasn't varied from those two numbers. Um, it's interesting. Uh, so I don't mind it at all uh, because I think the initial, uh, plan didn't work out for the academy it didn't right. do what they wanted it to do <laughs> right exactly um so the yeah. nominees this year are in alphabetical order arrival fences hacksaw ridge hell or high water hidden figures la la land lion manchester by the sea moonlight and as you said you know most of those are uh more independent you know i guess arrival is the most mainstream um but just like you said, if there had been a 10th, I, I think I would have liked to see Deadpool also, especially since the PGA Awards had the same 10 if you included Deadpool, right? Exactly. Exactly right. And uh, so that, that's a shame because, uh, you know, that would have at least been something a little bit different and uh, I think would have helped the ratings this year. We'll see what the ratings are. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is a very indie feeling list. Um, Paramount you know, in terms of studios has the best showing, right. um, you know, with, with a couple of nominations for Fences and for Arrival. Um, but, you know, and Lionsgate mm-hmm. uh, is the other big winner here. I mean, they have, uh, they have La La Land, they have Hacksaw Ridge, and they also are involved with um, Hell or High Water. Yeah, um, that's so, very good. Yeah. They did very well. So that's kind of a mini studio in its own way. Right. Um, and the rest are all, you know, very, very um, independent oriented. I mean, my gosh, Moonlight. You know, uh, the, uh, the interesting one for me is Manchester by the Sea. Amazon has been spending a fortune, an well, yeah. absolute fortune. They have a lot of money. To get this thing. Yeah. They have so much money, you know, I mean, and all they're interested in is, is getting, you know, shipping and free shipping and, and you know, getting people to uh, go on their site and, you know, shop for stuff. Exactly. But, um, and, and they use this Amazon Prime business to lure them in. But boy, they have really uh, invaded the Oscars in a big way this year. Um, and a cold hard cash and a good movie uh, will do it every time. I think you really need a big campaign to really play in this sandbox mm-hmm. and these days. And uh, so, yeah, so I think it's a good lineup of movies. I have six of them are on my own personal top 10 list that I put out at the end of the year. And uh, the other three, well, could have been. I I have no quibbles. There's not a turkey in the bunch. There's not one that I think, how did that get in there? Mm -hmm. You know, I think this is a good lineup of movies. I thought 2016 was a very good year for movies, actually. Um, And, you know, did you... uh, 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 like the films you saw this year? I did. I loved I mean, I, I do like this list. I think um, when I was making my predictions, I had Deadpool in there, and I also had Loving and Sully in there instead of two of the others. So yeah. I thought maybe those would, would get in. It's interesting when a Clint Eastwood movie doesn't make the top ten. Um, yeah, that got one nomination for sound editing, yeah. and um, that surprised me because it was a hit. It came out in very early September, though, mm. and maybe that release date, which is Eastwood's pictures, um, you know, recently have come out later in the fall. Um, maybe it just got forgotten somehow. Warner That's Brothers true. certainly campaigned it, but mm. um, it just didn't register. Our people just felt like they knew the story of Sully, but I thought it was a very good picture that really showed a different side, that his whole career and legacy were in jeopardy long after he was deemed a hero mm-hmm. on television and everything. Yeah. Um, what went on afterwards, I thought was a great way to go with that. And uh, I thought those guys that made it um, 
from Clint Eastwood, the screenwriter, uh, everybody down the line. I thought, again, Tom Hanks. Yeah. How many great performances does this guy have to give? I know he has two Oscars, but how many great performances? Captain Phillips, Bridge of Spies, um, the Saving Mr. Banks, now this. I thought he was great in all of them. And the, and the one thing that connects them all is they're subtle. It's mm-hmm. subtle. They're not big, over-the-top, you know, performances that shout down from the mountain and i think uh that that's hurt him for yeah. some reason but i there's nobody better working in in uh the business today i think than tom hanks he's proven right. it over and over recently i think maybe people take him for granted just because we're so used to how you know he's always good yeah. so it, it doesn't yeah. surprise anybody anymore um, well you ask about snubs yeah. that to me is the big snub yeah absolutely that's, that's the big snub to me yeah um going back to deadpool you talked about on deadline how you had lunch with Simon Kimberg and Ryan Reynolds. Um, Simon, yeah, actually it was breakfast in the oh, middle breakfast. of a monsoon. It was raining on our table at the Biller Hotel. That's yeah. A, yeah, that's a very <laughs> nice, that's a nice, <laughs> that's a nice place when it's not raining. Um, right, yeah. But yeah, Simon's a good friend of mine. We worked together on X-Men 3. I was um, Brett Ratner's assistant, and he was one of the writers on the movie. And, uh, and oh, I emailed him great. right before, and I was like, listen, Deadpool's in my 10 that I'm predicting. And he was like, I hope, you're, I hope the Academy is as forward-thinking as you are. Um, so you clearly know. they're not, <laughs> not yet, <laughs> not yet, but you know, yeah, De- but De- Simon's great. Have you seen uh, Logan by the way? Not yet. I'm looking forward to that. That's the wait, next one. Wait till you see it. That what... is, that's the real Academy level movie. Wow. Shockingly enough. Yeah. Uh, when you see a movie coming, you know, in the Wolverine, it's not anything you would expect it to be. It is, as I did in my headline of my review, I said, it is the Marvel comic book movie for people who hate <laughs> Marvel comic book. Yeah, movies. I saw that. And, um, it's brilliantly acted, and uh, I was just talking to Fox. I was over at the publicist luncheon where they won the uh, award, the top award for publicity for um, Deadpool. And yeah. um, and I said, you know, Logan, next year, and they they've assured me they're going to be doing an Oscar campaign for Logan, um, and uh, and they should because Patrick Stewart is a surefire best supporting actor. Really, and that'd uh, be very cool. And Hugh Jackman is phenomenal that's very yeah. cool because patrick stewart's played that role so many times and has never really been in that conversation he's not played it like this before wow that's and, very cool uh, you'll you'll see when you see it and and hugh too also it's a very you know it, it's just different and the girl the young girl uh, is tremendous as well um, maybe, maybe that, that's uh, the new maybe that'll be the new trend where it's a little more these comic book characters are more humanized that's a that's an interesting way to go yeah well this is you know logan is and, and simon you know produced it but um it, logan is a movie that uh jackman said he had an idea and he really wanted to do it and uh he didn't know that the studio would go along so it really is you know, it's a standalone almost in in the in the X Men sense. It, it's a completely different kind of movie than they've ever done before. That's great. Well, speaking of Simon, yeah. speaking of Simon Kimberg, so um, I was before I saw La La Land, I had tickets to see it opening day at the ArcLight Dome, and Damien Chazelle and Ryan Gosling did the Q and A, and that was my first time seeing it. I've seen it three times. Uh, and I was talking to Simon about a week before, and he's like, "Have you seen La La Land yet?" I said, "I'm going to see it." opening day and he said he had seen it four times already and i think he's seen it more times even since but he said it was his when i had favorite breakfast movie. with him he'd seen it five times <laughs> okay so now so. it's probably up to six <laughs> six or seven but uh he said to me then he was like this is my favorite movie i've seen in five years and i couldn't wait to see it and i went in with these really high hopes and it exceeded my expectations and and uh so that's definitely my vote for best picture out of these nine 
Um, and when I walked out of the dome, it's obviously actually, mine yeah, too. It's it is my number one film of the year. That's great. Yeah. So, so not only do you think it will win, but you think it should. Yeah, it's one of those that comes along very rarely. I mean, a movie like that, you you look at it and you feel like, first of all, it's a great movie, but I can't believe he made this movie. <laughs> I, I can't believe he got this movie made. It's unbelievable. And uh, that he did it the way it is. It's a rare movie. It's an original movie musical, and it, but it's contemporary at the same time. Right. And I think the backlash that the media keeps talking about in, in terms of that is no backlash at all. I talk to Oscar voters all the time, and this movie is is very secure in winning Best Picture, Great. at least the people I talk to. That's um, they love the movie. They recognize what the movie is, and the fact that it's a front runner, you know, the media always has to make a story of, and I understand that. You know, I have to keep this race going for six months, <laughs> yeah. you know, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But And you want stuff to write about, but nevertheless, I think that's a bit of a false uh, front there. I think this movie is uh, deserving of anything that it gets, and the bigger question to me is not that it wins Best Picture, but how many... It wins. That's true. And um, yeah, so yeah, La La Land, I, I should say, is nominated for 14 Oscars, uh, which is the most of any mm -hmm. movie this year, and, and ties the record for most ever. The only mm -hmm. three movies that have gotten 14 are All About Eve, Titanic, and now La La Land. Um, so yeah, I, and then uh, it was nominated for seven Golden Globes. It won all seven. So it's you know it's doing really well. It There's, swept there. <laughs> that swept. was a genuine sweep. Yeah, and no Chris movies Choice ever won that. I'm a member of. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it won eight, and yeah. um, uh, you know, but at BAFTA, they really sort of spread the wealth, and they gave uh, you know a lot of movies uh, an award here or there. But La La Land was by far the uh, the big winner with five. But nevertheless, it didn't sweep BAFTA at all. They really um, you know surprised me in that way. I think it's an that's American the big movie. question for the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that big question for the Oscars this year is: Do they do the same sort of thing and pick and choose among the categories, right. or do they just check it off because they love that movie and so it just starts winning everything? Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm going with the sweep theory this year, but I'm shaky on it. Yeah, I, I, you know I don't know. The guilds have certainly awarded it a lot of things. I didn't think it would win at Writers Guild, and uh, Manchester won there, right. um, but. Uh, um, musicals have a very hard time. You know this being an Oscar fan and a guy who knows this stuff. Yeah. That you know, musicals don't win for their writing right. at the Oscars. The right. last one that won was Gigi in 1958. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, so it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be very interesting. Sound of Music wasn't even nominated for a screenplay. So wow. you know, uh, yeah. Uh, West Side Story is the one we're looking at here. That is the biggest musical winner of all time. It won 10 uh, competitive Oscars. And uh, the only one of its 11 nominations that it lost was screenplay. Wow. <laughs> right. That's interesting. Yeah. And then, I and know. so at the SAG Awards, La La Land was not even nominated for ensemble, which sometimes predicts best picture. It went to Hidden Figures. Yeah, but what's the ensemble in exactly. La La Land? I mean, right. I think that, again, is, you know, the media pundits picking yeah. up on something to write about. It drives me up a wall every time I hear that, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I'm going like, that award is not meant to be best picture. SAG will tell you this over and over. It's meant to honor a ca an outstanding cast, and that right. includes a cast. Fences is that. Moonlight, I thought, was going to win that. What better ensemble do you have than Moonlight? Right. Uh, three different actors, two, uh, two sets of three different actors playing the same role 10 years apart. Mm -hmm. um, 
phenomenal ensemble, Hidden Figures. That's what that category is made for. It's yeah. not made for La La Land. They did try to sell it that way um, to SAG at the time, you know, when, when those nominations were coming by saying, you know, be sure you write, be sure you say that it employed 150 uh, actors. Well, you know, they were mostly singers and dancers mm-hmm. and extras and right. people on the freeway. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't <laughs> an exactly. ensemble. So yeah. I don't, I, I, it shouldn't have been nominated there and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a two-hander. Yeah. Um, you actually you, you wrote yeah. about the La La Land after party after the Golden Globes at Craig's. Um, yeah, I'm friends with Craig. I go there a lot. Are you like what was the mood that night? Were they just were they just in heaven? Oh from yeah, winning all they seven. Were, they were happy. It was low key, but I you know I mean they were they were very very happy that it turned out that way. But you know I what I noticed about them and I think has been the case uh, for them the whole time. They're a real family now. Yeah. They're a real tight-knit group and they just can't believe that they've gotten this far with this movie and they're just so happy for it Mm -hmm. this movie has made 340 million dollars worldwide whoever dreamed that would be possible for a musical like this a little musical like this um i wrote the first story on it and uh i was talking to damien chazelle the other day about it and fred berger who's one of the producers they both brought it up and they said god i remember sitting in venice (laughs) your story hit and, wow. you know, they didn't know. Nobody had written anything. There had been no reviews. This was before it premiered at Venice. I saw it in August by myself at the Dick Clark screening room here. And um, and then I got on the phone with Damien and did an interview in, in August before he left on a vacation. And then he went to the Venice Film Festival. And, you know, and we were talking about and I had just seen a double bill maybe six weeks earlier of the Umbrellas of Cherbourg and the Young Girls of Rochefort the two great Jacques Demy musicals uh-huh. that inspired this movie. And I had no idea that they did or that that was any connection to it at all. I just happened to see them. They were 4K restorations. And so when I got on the phone with Damien, I just could I just sounded like a sycophant. I was just <laughs> going like, oh, my God, I cannot believe you did this. And then, oh, my God, you know, and Umbrellas of Cherbourg and Young Girls, and it starts like that, and it ends like Cherbourg, and it's got this. And who knew Jacques Demy, you know, I mean, if he was alive, he'd be going, I'm a hit. Right. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, it was so great. It was so great. And it was so fun to be there at the beginning of that, you know, because they didn't know. And I think they've continued to be kind of humble about it, you know, and it's overwhelming because the pressure on you when you're a front runner like this is enormous. Right. And um, keeping the momentum going. Yeah. 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 Poor Damien. He's sick right now. So oh, he he's got to get a, a, over it in a, in a way. Yeah. He's, you know, got, he's a little he's, under the weather. He's got a few days. So, um, um, well, when I walked out of the that. when I walked out of the theater the first time, I texted my parents. I texted my sister. I was like, I just saw the best movie of the year, and I texted uh, a friend of mine, Holly Shakur, who's uh, Emma Stone's publicist, and I texted her. And what did I write? I wrote, Emma is winning an Oscar with like the trophy emoji, and <laughs> she wrote back, I pray you're right. And this was like the first week of December, so it still looked like Natalie Portman back then. So, um, you know, it's a really wow. it's a nice thing that they. Uh, that they kept up the momentum for three more months. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. No, it isn't. And, you know, and there are uh, evil people out there in Hollywood land that would like to, uh, you know, knock you down at any step of the way and will use any excuse to do it. And um, this movie has been consistent uh, throughout and uh, has not stumbled. I don't think ever. And um, so, you know, I expect a big night for it. And history, we'll history, recent history is uh, the artist one and Birdman one. So a lot of times movies about the industry win Best Picture, right? 
Well, in recent history, yeah. Um, uh, we saw, yeah, you mentioned the artist. You mentioned Birdman, Argo, to a certain yeah, degree. Argo, that's Argo. a Hollywood yeah. uh, storyline. Yep. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they love movies about themselves is what people are saying. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. But the, in the case of the artist, it had the same thing as La La Land going for it that I've noticed among Academy members. I, you know, I used to, I went to a screening, which was the premiere of the movie, the official premiere in Los Angeles at the Academy. And uh, there were Academy members there that had were coming to see it for the second or third time already then. They'd mm. already seen it coming back. They just loved that movie. It, it did something. La La Land's the same way. When yeah. you say Simon Kinberg's seen it four or five times, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, that is not atypical. Uh, the people that love La La Land love it so much that there's an enthusiasm factor that goes way beyond the normal movie. And, uh, and people are seeing it, you know many times over so yeah, uh, i still need to uh, see it you can see it you, yeah. you know you i still know. need to see it on imax i've seen it three times but not yet on imax yeah i haven't seen it on imax but i'm not really that uh, hyped on it you know because really? it wasn't shot in imax right so it's right. basically just a big blowing up uh, picture <laughs> on a big screen yeah but, uh, I thought the, yeah. yeah i thought the arc light dome was pretty big i mean it doesn't get much bigger than that's that. uh, yeah that's that can be a <laughs> lethal uh place to see certain movies yeah. but um with that curved screen but yep. uh uh, I don't think I did some Q and A's for the movie there, so I saw the end of it before we did it. But um, I, you know, I didn't see it at the Dome. I saw I, it was at the ArcLight, just the regular theaters right. there. So um, anyway, but anyway. you know, any way you see this movie yeah. is is a great way to see it. I agree. Um, so speaking of Damien Chazelle, so best director, the five nominees are Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Mel Gibson, Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins, Moonlight, Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea, and Dennis Villeneuve, Arrival. Um, do you think that those five, if there were only five best picture nominees, those would probably be the five? Is that um, Likely. Yeah, yeah, I think those would be. And, um, you know, and there's no question, you know, uh, even if you don't go by what are the good indicators here of a DGA win, a BAFTA win, a Golden Globe win, a Critics' Choice win, yeah. <laughs> uh, Damien Chazelle would would be the winner here because when they pick a Best Picture, they tend to go with the Best Director, not so much in the last couple of years, but that's because Usually. there's been extenuating circumstances in the last few years. Right. But um, uh, this year, I think it's going to match again and i don't think there's any question we're going to see damien chazelle win um yeah. this will be where he'll win yeah uh he's only 32 years old is he the youngest winner he will be the youngest yeah that's mm -hmm. incredible the youngest I mean, director winner yeah. and that was my goal but he he beat me to it uh but, uh, well, yeah. Well, how old are you now? Thirty-seven. Uh, so I missed late? it. No, I'll never be oh, thirty-two <laughs> again. <laughs> but um, but with the Directors Guild, I wanted to say that I I actually liked the five that they picked because they included Garth Davis from Lion, and those might have been the five I would have won. He won the best first time director. Right. But, exactly. Yeah. So the difference here um, was Mel Gibson got in here and not DGA. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which I wasn't predicting after the DGA nomination. Right. I, I thought they wouldn't necessarily go for Garth Davis, but I, I thought maybe someone else would sneak in there. But um, Mel wasn't the one at that point that I thought they'd go for it. But that just shows I, I thought it was a great choice because I love Caxall Ridge. Yeah. I thought it was a brilliantly directed movie right. and uh, really shows his talent as a director. There's no question. And the directors acknowledge that. And yeah. so. Mel's past and all of those transgressions are, you know, his, uh, 
outsider status in Hollywood for so many years uh, is gone with the wind, as yeah. it were, right now. And he's back. Yeah. He's back. Yeah, he's so won that's before. Good. That's good. Out of this list, he's the only one who's won before for Braveheart, of course. So Braveheart. Um, yeah. He's the veteran of the group. Uh, so let's talk about the acting categories. Uh, this year, there's seven first-time nominees. There are six previous winners, and there are six African-American actors, which came just one year after the Oscar So White scandal. Um, so let's start with Best Actress. Right. The, the Best Actress nominees are Isabel Huppert for Elle, Ruth Nega, Loving, Natalie Portman, Jackie, Emma Stone, La La Land, and Meryl Streep, Florence Foster Jenkins, Meryl Streep's 20th nomination, which is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, Meryl Streep's just an amazing person. Somebody asked me the other day, well, why is Meryl Streep so popular? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I go like, well, this was a Chinese outlet. They were from China. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, I don't know. She's a great actress, first of all. Yeah. And she's just come along at a certain time when she rules, right. you know, among her fellow actors. To get 20 nominations, nobody's even come close <laughs> in the acting world, to 20 nominations. Yeah. You know, nobody. Um, you know, and she's won three. And they said, you know, isn't it like too much? I said, <laughs> well, you know, look at it this way Meryl Streep has also lost more times <laughs> than any other actor right. in history. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she has. She's lost 16, 16 times. 16 times, maybe 17, so. right? <laughs> That's Nobody's true. lost 16 times. That's true. That's hard to sit there and lose 16 <laughs> times. Right. And three, um, <laughs> three, win, three wins is the most, right, for any actress? Yeah. So let's yeah. have some sympathy for Meryl. Come right. on. Exactly. Um, and I think, you know, also people appreciate her because she's genuinely nice. She's very gracious. She shows up every single time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, she's a real game player. And, and uh, I thought personally... Uh, you know, some people say, well, she got nominated because of that speech you made at the Golden Globes. Well, their voting was still going on during the Golden Globes, yeah, but, but that's I, not why she got nominated. I don't think so either. I don't see how that would really relate. I don't, you know, reward her. I mean, she's had, No, no, yeah. no, no. That's not how they're going to nominate, you yeah. know. I mean, it may focus them a, a little bit on Meryl. Um, but, you know, you look at Florence Foster Jenkins and actors know the degree of difficulty. That role, mm -hmm. I mean, some people describe it as clownish or it's just too light, comedic. You know, that role is an incredibly difficult part to pull off. You have to be believable as a bad singer. <laughs> right. All the jokes are, are, are laying on that premise, but not so bad. Just a little off. Right, you know? right. Just a little off to be believable that she could sell out Carnegie Hall and sell all these albums. Exactly. So she can't be, you know, screechingly bad like nails on a blackboard bad. She has to be just off a little bit, and the love for music. I thought it was a beautiful um, performance. I thought Stephen Frears does very well with these um, actresses over a certain age, like mm -hmm. Judy Dench and yeah. Helen Mirren and the pictures that he's done with them. And this was in those lines, and those pictures got you know, uh, Academy recognition as well. Yeah. So this did not surprise me that Meryl Streep, uh, I think this is one of her best performances, actually. Yeah, so I was she, happy to see her nominated. Yeah, it's nice. And 20 is a nice round number, too. And she she's one of the few actresses yeah. who gets nominated for comedies, like Devil Wears Prada and Julie and Julia. Uh, you know, yeah, not a lot of people get really recognized remarkable. for Really remarkable. Yeah. And so the rest of the category... Yeah, you know, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um who, who else? Oh, I was going to say Natalie Portman's won for Black Swan. Uh, Emma Stone's been nominated for Birdman. Uh, but for Ruth Nagan and Isabel, who paired this as their first nominations. Um, 
I feel like Natalie was the front runner in the beginning, like the Toronto Film Festival. Everyone was like, it's better than yeah. better performance yeah. than Black Swan. And I was like, oh, Natalie's going to win yeah. another Oscar. And then right. the Emma Stone Isabel no. uh, face off yeah. happened at the Golden Globes. What are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, and I think that, yeah, she fell off. Uh, she won a Critics' Choice in that group. You know, we are so early on those things. I think they were trying to say, okay, well, this is where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, 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 I thought she was very good in the picture in Jackie. You know, it's a very good imitation, first of all, of yeah. Jackie Kennedy. Right. Uh, I don't think the picture is genuinely liked. Well, that's, um, I think, yeah, that's what the problem is, I think. That's the problem. And she's really good. But, you know, no, no buzz anymore. Now mm-hmm. she lost at BAFTA. She lost at the Globes. She lost at SAG. So right. let's say the bloom is off that rose. <laughs> right. Uh, but Emma Stone, get, get to, uh, Emma Stone won all get of those. To, right. And Emma Stone is, is on the trajectory. You know, I compare this race to a couple of years, three years ago, uh, between um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence when she won for Silver Linings Playbook against... Um, uh, uh, the actress in Amor. Oh, the Emmanuel, French, the Emmanuel Riva. Yeah. yeah, Emmanuel Riva, yeah. uh, who just died, uh, was a wonderful actress. Yeah. And uh, Emmanuel Riva, I thought, was going to pull that out and was going to win. Uh, people are now comparing that to Isabelle Fuper, who's won a ton of awards, just like Emmanuel had, yeah. and just won the Cesar Award a few minutes ago. And, um, and she... Uh, has never been nominated for an Oscar. She's made a hundred movies. She's wow. revered by her fellow <laughs> actors. And if it was just actors voting, I think it would be Isabel Huber. But because it's all, everyone in the Academy voting, uh, I don't think they've seen L in any big numbers in some of those branches. And so I think it's going to go like it did that year to the younger actress in the popular movie. Yeah, and that's going to be I Emma think, Stone. Well, I think there's a pattern. The I think there's a pattern when there's not like a Helen Mirren in the running or somebody. I think they try to anoint like a young starlet with the honor of best actress like jennifer lawrence natalie portman gwyneth paltrow it's almost like announcing their arrival into you know the stratosphere of of best actress um i was yeah so i think we're looking at an emma stone victory Meg's only nomination is loving and that's not going to come through uh and uh and uh and uh you know so so it's it's definitely uh, headed towards uh, emma with the upset uh being still possible by Isabel Huppert, but right. um, it's it's rare for a foreign language picture to pull off a victory. Okay. Um, in those categories, certainly yeah. happened, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm rare. hoping I'm hoping that it's Emma Stone. Uh, I was going to say a couple of people who did not make that cut for the top five. There was no Amy Adams for Arrival, even though it's picture and yeah. director. Um, do you think yeah, she's sp- did she split votes with Nocturnal Animals? You think, or what do you think happened there? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there would have been enough for her performance in Nocturnal Animals to do that. I I knew going into the Best Actress race that it was going to be similar to what we've seen in the past with the Best Actor race. That people like Tom Hanks, Robert Redford, others, you know, who should have been nominated, could have won in other years, wouldn't even get the nomination in their year because there was so much competition in the lead actor category. That's what we saw this year with Best Actress. Yeah. Annette Benning, for God's sake, she's on the <laughs> board of governors of the Academy. I know. She gets nominated for everything. She gives, I think, arguably the best performance she's ever done in a movie. It came out a little late in the game. Uh, not, maybe not everybody saw it. But I knew she was in trouble, and so did A24 that was distributing it uh, late in the game. We sort of knew. I knew two people who really deserved nominations were going to get screwed. And in this case, it was three. And because uh, Taraji P. Henson easily yeah. could have been nominated I think so had too. they started that movie's campaign when right. they should have. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and so you have 
uh, uh, Annette Benning and Amy Adams, so fabulous. The one, you know, in a Best Picture nominee, yeah. she really was the heart and soul of that picture. So I, it was just one of those years where a couple of votes here or there throws it off. It's yeah. a very close, a close vote. But I guess it's a good problem to have that there were so many good female performances. So many That's good. It was an unusual yeah. year in that regard. Let's hope it continues. Yeah. Amy Adams has been nominated five times before. Junebug, Doubt, Fighter, Master, American Hustle. So I think eventually she's going to win. I think she has to. Yeah. She she needs, needs to land on the role that's going <laughs> right. to be, you know, yeah, you know, you know what it's like. Um, yeah. There are people that have never been nominated. Uh, and then there are people, you know, I mean, major stars that never get nominated, and, uh, you know, and they have to finally give them a special award. Yeah. And then there are people like F. Murray Abraham. Right. Who get the role, you yep. know, yeah. and that exactly. could have been any actor. That could have been Peter O'Toole's Oscar, right? You know, that, that's true. And it, it would have been, you yeah. know, had he played that role. Yeah. But it was F. Marie Abraham, and he got it. Ben Kingsley, when he was presenting a, uh, an award at one something, some I, they all meld together at this point. You <laughs> yeah. know, all the award shows I've been to. But he was presenting something for Casey Affleck somewhere. And uh, and he really said something I thought was interesting. He goes, you know, an actor, because he knows, because he got it for Gandhi. He's been nominated several times, so he's not quite this one-hit wonder. Yeah. But he says, you know, an actor's role and, and the actor finally meet. It can be luck. It can be that, you know. And he said, and Casey Affleck is that actor this year. Yeah. And so um, I thought that was an interesting way uh, to put it, that different people just get those roles. And Amy Adams, she'll find that role. Yeah. She'll find that role. I, per personally, I thought she had it the first time out, but it was a little scene movie called Junebug. Yeah, but she absolutely. was just head and shoulders above anybody in many years yeah. in supporting actress. It was just a phenomenal performance. That's right. She was, um, she was a newcomer. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so she'll get it. And she's a lovely person. Yeah. Too. I really like her. Yeah, and she deserves Lord it. Lord knows she was, she was, um, she was disappointed. Yeah. There was no question. Right. And I was going to say one more thing about yeah. Annette Benning that's interesting is that, uh, when Natalie Portman seemed like the front runner back at Toronto and Annette Benning was being talked about for 20th century women, I, I was thinking to myself, if Annette Benning gets nominated and loses to Natalie Portman for Jackie, she'll have lost to Natalie Portman also for Black Swan. And then the previous two oh. times, she lost to Hillary Swank in Boys Don't Cry and then Hillary Swank in Million Dollar Baby. And I was thinking, could you imagine yeah. if she loses twice to Hillary Swank and twice to Natalie Portman? Like, the odds, oh of, the odds of that are just astronomical, I think. But Well, then thank God she, she didn't get nominated. <laughs> and I guess that Natalie's not going to win. <laughs> the ultimate indignity right, to right. watch that happen. I, I remember seeing Annette at the Governor's Ball after she lost the last time to... Uh, Hillary. Someone. Yeah. Oh, and, oh probably uh, Natalie yeah. Portman, yeah. Uh, oh, it was on the, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the year of um, kids are the all picture right. she did with Julianne Moore. Yeah, the kids are all right. The kids are all right. And, you know, I said, so I just, you know, it's hard to talk to them after they lose right. at the governor's ball, you know, because they're very disappointed. A lot of them, you know, are, are they, you know, and they still think that they had a chance to win or something, you know, cause they know they have a great role. She knew she had a great role. And then I, so, so all I can say, are, are you disappointed? I'll give you my greatest hits of my stupid conversations after uh, people lose awards at the Oscars. So there was her and I said, are you disappointed? And she goes, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Okay. I'm going to move on to the winners. Um, <laughs> right. I know. That's, that's Leonardo how this... DiCaprio sitting by himself in a booth, you know, at the governor's ball after he lost for the Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, he really came on strong with that movie, but it came in late and, yeah. you know, he lost to Matthew, um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, who, of course, 
was one of the roles was opposite him in one scene in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. You could see the disappointment, you know, and uh, and he didn't know. He he told me at one point during that year that I don't know what I want to do next. I, you know, I don't know if I'll find another thing as good as this and, it, you know, that I'll get excited about doing it. You know, and the Revenant, you know, showed up and look what happened. Right. Um, Lauren Bacall, my God, the year she lost, it was such a shocker, you know, when she lost on the mirror has two faces yeah. to Ju- Juliet Binoche. I mean, English that was patient. the most, yeah, I remember that the most well. stunning upset I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I just went up to her, what are you going to say? You know, it went somebody that was so going there to win. And she was sitting at the Columbia Pictures after party. I wasn't at the Oscars that year, but I, I was watching the Oscars at the Columbia party. And so she came to that later. And I went up to her and I, I just went up and I said, you were robbed. <laughs> <laughs> she was. I remember that very well, actually. Yeah. She was that she year. She goes, oh, you know. And uh, yeah, so uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, Denzel Washington thought he's absolutely convinced because we knew his agent. He, he was absolutely convinced that he was going to win for flight. Now, he was brilliant in flight. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and he doesn't pay attention to all of us pundits that, and that sort of thing. Yeah, but that was, was the thinking. year of Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. in Lincoln. It you was, know, yeah. I mean, everyone knew that he was going to win, <laughs> except Denzel. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I guess that's so true. If they're not reading all the articles that everyone's writing and that we're reading and following for months, if they just yeah. stay away from it, then they really do right. think they have a one in five chance. Um it's interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of so Den- speaking yeah. of Denzel, uh, the best actor race. There's five nominees: Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, La La Land, Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, Denzel Washington, Fences. Uh, did they get these five right? Um, well, Viggo Mortensen definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh, sure, Denzel, um, Casey, uh, absolutely. Ryan, for sure. I think so, uh, you too. You know, the musical comedy thing, they don't get appreciation for those skills, but he learned how to play piano for that. I uh, wish he you could win. Dances. I wish there could be a Ryan Gosling surprise win. That would be awesome, but I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. That would be amazing. I actually wish there could be a Viggo Mortensen surprise <laughs> win. Now, that would be like amazing, but I don't think surprise wins are very possible in this day and age where everything is sort of laid out for the Academy members. Uh-huh. Uh, to uh, both the way uh, you know we sort of tell them in the previous <laughs> award shows and things. Right. It's also written about that that there hadn't been huge giant surprises in a, in a while. You know mm-hmm. that of that nature. Yeah. Um, occasionally somebody will come along. Last year came close to it, although you know he had won the BAFTA award. Was Mark Rylance in supporting? Right. Absolutely. But he deserved it. He really I think so did. too. Yeah, you know, he deserved people, it. Yeah, people were convinced that Stallone was going to win, but you have to remember if you go back and look at it, if you look at it statistically, Creed was nominated for one Oscar. It was Stallone, whereas um, Rylance was in a Best Picture nominee, Bridge of Spies. Right. So it was more likely to have been seen, and uh, and he's an actor's actor. So I I thought he really deserved it. I thought that was a nice uh, a surprise, yeah. not something that uh, we certainly would have uh, bet the farm on. I but agree. yeah, uh, I think the list is a good list for lead actor this year. Andrew Garfield, sensational yeah. in Hacksaw Ridge. Um, I have no qualms with it at all, but I don't think, uh, you know, other than Tom Hanks for Sully, who I would put in, or mm-hmm. maybe a couple of other people here or there, but I don't think there was a huge bench 
right. this year for Best Actor. I guess the only other like one I like, normally I like Joel Edgerton in Loving, and I thought Ruth Nega and Joel Edgerton is like a two-hander, but I guess... Uh, and that was a shame that Joel, and Joel was out on the circuit certainly a lot, but yeah. I mean, you know, it was a shame, but that was, the minute you see that performance, you know it's way too subtle it's for the subtle. Academy. Yeah, do you think her Ruth Nega got in is yeah. amazing, you know, but her, at least she has a scene here or there. He he he, he is so subtle. Yeah. His big scene, which they had to keep building up in the commercials, is, you know, tell my wife, tell the judge I love my wife. Right. You know, and yeah. um, so so those are not the scenes that make Oscar reels. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But Ruth yeah, Nega, so I, I think, think she, she, yeah, her performance, I'm glad that it, it stood out in that movie. Um, she does have a few, yeah. she has a few key moments, you know, she says, we yeah. might not win the battle, but we'll win the war. It's a great moment. Um, oh, exactly. And so I guess exactly. I guess it's coming down, unless there's this Ryan Gosling surprise, so it's coming down to Casey Affleck and Denzel Washington. When I saw Manchester by the Sea, same kind of thing as Emma Stone, I was like, Casey for the win. Uh, and when I saw Fences, it felt so much to me like a play that I really didn't think of it as like Denzel's best. I, I thought he, he did a good job taking a story he loves, which is Fences, and turning it into a movie, but I didn't think best actor, and, and he's already won twice, so... My prediction is going to be Casey Affleck. He won the Golden Globe when Ryan Gosling won for comedy. He won for drama. Casey won the BAFTA. But Denzel won the SAG, and the SAG is a big predictor, right? 18 out of the last 22 times and right. 13 times in a row. But <laughs> 13 times I in a row, yeah. The, I, I was just talking to the person who uh, does SAG, uh, and I said, well, this will be a big thing for SAG if Denzel wins because then it will really cement your reputation because uh, it's the only thing he's really won other than in the Casey landslide that we've had with other things. BAFTA is a bit of an outlier this year because Denzel wasn't nominated there. Uh, so they weren't facing off each against each other. Right. But I first was with Denzel, and then I switched in my final final predictions, which I ran on deadline. You can look them up. Yeah. Um, I said uh, Den- uh, Casey Casey okay. Affleck. Yeah, I'd uh, like to see that. Out. I would like to see that. Um, and speaking of, fun, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, I hope so, and that's cool. And his bro- and Ben Affleck has won before for producing and. Yeah. Go, so. But I'd love to see a surprise, and my surprise I'd love to see is Viggo Mortensen. That's interesting. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, a movie that got no – oh, God, he's so good. And he's, that's why he's been nominated everywhere. And here's the other little thing. If Vigo wins, then the best indicator of Oscars is going to go back to being that Oscar nominee's lunch because he got by far the biggest applause of anybody in that room, and that room is full of Academy voters. Um, is, that so, where they, is that when they take the class photo? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I even told him afterwards, I said, well, you won something. He said, what did I win? I said, you won the applause. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he says, what does that mean? And, you know, even my table, you know, they put press at different tables with uh, nominees. It's a very democratic process. So I was sitting at a table with Lin-Manuel Miranda and his mother. That's a great table. And Michelle Williams, and you yeah. know, and 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 they always stick an Academy governor at those tables too. And so I looked at the Academy governor, who was a casting governor, and and I said, when we heard that applause for Vigo, I said, did you hear what I heard? And he said, yeah. And I said, that's by by far the most, right? And he goes, yeah. And Lynn's going, what? What? What does it all mean? <laughs> right. What does that mean? And I right. go like, well, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, unless it does, unless there's some secret thing going on here for Vigo without a huge campaign behind him and, and anything, you know. Um, but it was it was it was a fact that, yeah. that that was that he was very popular within that room. That would be very interesting so. if it came down to the applause as the, as the new indicator. <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny. something to look for if if we have just a 
gobsmacking shocker on yeah. Oscar night. Yeah, I think but best actor that, that, best actor seems seems like the closest race, I would say. And then uh, a very predictable race that seems like a slam dunk is best supporting actress. Uh, the five nominees are Viola Davis, Fences, Naomi Harris, Moonlight. Nicole Kim and Lion, Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures, Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea. I like the category All this of year. them wonderful. All yeah. of them with the exception of uh, Octavia Spencer playing mothers. Oh, interesting. Um, although the real, I, I, she may be a mother, but they don't emphasize it. But they're all strong mother roles. There is Michelle Williams. There is uh, Naomi Harris as the crack-addicted uh, mother. Um, mm-hmm. There is uh, Viola Davis, the mother, you know, and wife in the in Fences. And um, there is Nicole, uh, Nicole Kidman, Kidman yeah. the adoptive mother. It's a big year for mothers in support. Yeah. And um, all of them sensational actresses. Um, yeah, it's a and very a historic year with having three African-Americans nominated in one category. That's right. Um, but this is so Viola Davis's that there's not even a discussion to be had here, right. except that when I've talked to a lot of Academy members, the first thing that comes up, and one, I'll tell you, an actor's branch member before the voting closed, and he hadn't done his ballot yet, he called up and he said, Pete, what do you think about the fact that it's a leading role? He said, I just watched Fences. I waited till the end. I watched Fences. That's the last thing I had to watch. That's a leading role. What's she doing in supporting? I said, you are, you're the guys that nominated her. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but she, know, she her submitted herself, you, right? You her. She submits herself? Or you how can't does that work? submit yourself. You can't submit yourself. You can only tell your studio to campaign you in those categories. Right. The, uh, the Academy doesn't have a submission process for categories. They simply have actors, and on their reminder list, they just s- send out the reminder list with the name of the movie and every actor that was in it. Okay. It is up to the actor's branch to place them where they want. The Academy does not make those suggestions and they do not say this is our supporting list and this is our leading list. Okay. Uh, so that's how you have things in the past where Susan Sarandon was told by the studio, you're going for supporting for Atlantic City. And she said, but I, uh, I really want to be lead. And they said, no, you don't have a chance there. We're going for support. So she actually wound up voting for herself to be nominated in supporting, and what has happened? She gets nominated for leading actress oh. in Atlantic City. <laughs> well, do you, you think know? do you think Viola would have had a stronger chance in lead? Because I mean, supporting's a sure thing. Would she have won? I think in lead? Viola could have won in lead or supporting. Right. You know, I right. actually am convinced. I, I, you know, she probably would have knocked out Ruth Mega, quite frankly, in uh-huh. the uh, lead actress category. Okay, um, but. It is a role she won the leading actress Tony Award for in 2010. But the Tonys have rules that if you have above the title billing, you're automatically a lead right. in the Tonys. Right. Because that same role in 1987 on Broadway with James Earl Jones won the supporting award, featured actress, in a play for Mary Alice. So right. it's it's been both both things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's very interesting. So that role has won Tonys for that same exact role. One actress won it the first time for supporting. Viola won it for lead. Denzel won yeah. it. Denzel also won a Tony for lead. Um, but that is a lead role. I yeah, mean, you of course. cannot argue that Denzel right. is supporting anybody but, that would but be, himself. But that would be interesting if you won yeah. the Tony and the Oscar for the same role and Viola wins a Tony and an Oscar for the same role. That's that's very interesting. Uh, yeah, and the same thing. I don't know that that's ever happened. Uh, you know, uh, certainly Joel Grey won, but Liza Minnelli didn't originate it on Broadway. Right. So, um, and she didn't win a Tony for that. She won a Tony for Flora the Red Menace. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's a good little Oscar statistic we'd have to go back and double check on. Look. But yeah. uh, but Viola's a slam dunk, it, I think, right? For sure. 
Uh, Viola is a slam dunk. Yeah, this is over. This is a put a stick of fork in it. <laughs> stick of fork. And uh, there's also an itch, <laughs> there's a fascinating uh, fact about this category. So Octavia Spencer, who I'm actually friendly with, I, she's one of the just nicest people in town. Uh, she won this category a few years ago for the help, and I read that she's the first African American actress to ever be nominated again after winning an Oscar. Have you heard that's that? That's true. Yeah. That, yeah, that's I, a, yeah, that is true. That's that's historical. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, something you go like, really? That, that's the case? You know, yeah, yeah. but uh, that's true. Right. Like Whoopi, um, Whoopi Goldberg has won, Halle Berry has won, Lupita, Monique. Yeah. They've all won, but they haven't been nominated again since winning. No, they've never been nominated again. Yeah. yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Although I love Monique and what was that um, Christmas comedy universal release this year that Monique was in? She was hilarious. I would yeah. have nominated her too. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she'd be nominated. But nobody again. was talking about Monique, but right. yeah, but I thought she was good. Yeah. Well, Viola, Viola Davis is, this is her <laughs> third, this is Viola Davis's third nomination. She was nominated for Doubt. She was nominated for The Help. And so yep. I think third times, third times the charm. And, uh, well, in her case, for sure. Yeah, but it's a great. I mean, like you said, it's. A, I think Michelle Williams maybe in, a, in another year might win. Um, she's mm-hmm. so strong. Naomi. Oh, Har- so that Academy member. Yeah. yeah. He said Michelle Williams deserves it. She. That was a true supporting performance. And I've heard this over and over. The only thing, if Viola were to lose, it would be because so many people looked at that role and said it's a leading role. What are you doing in supporting? Right. Um, that's the only way, but, and there is that bubbling under in this race, but but uh, but I don't think that's nearly big enough. And the uh, ballots that I've seen, and that I've uh, the uh, the evidence that I have of this, uh, the real evidence of voting, I, I haven't talked to one person that did not vote for Viola Davis. Wow, that's wow. So, uh, didn't that happen yeah. last year with Alicia Vikander for Danish Girl? She won supporting, but people said she was lead. Sure, and she is. I mean, she's the title <laughs> role in that. Right, she, she really is, is the, the Danish, Danish girl. girl. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's, uh, it happened before. But uh, Naomi Harris, I wanted yeah. to say, I, I got to work with Naomi Harris in 2004 on a movie called After the Sunset, so it's very cool that now she's an Oscar nominee. And I think she only did like three days on Moonlight, I heard, or very few Yeah, very I, few well, days. she was in all three sequences. But, yeah. um, but they crammed them yeah, all in between so, like promoting James yeah. Bond. Well, I think that... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that movie had a huge shooting schedule. No, so, not at all. um yeah. yeah. And uh yeah. and I was going to say Nicole Kim and I got to work with a few years ago on she played herself right. on an HBO show called Hello Ladies that I got to work on. So she mm-hmm. so I really like this category good. this year. I was going to say a couple people who throughout the year I thought might get in were Margot Martindale and the Hollers. I really yes. liked it so deserved it. I know. I know. I was pushing her every which way. Yeah. I even did her for my actor's side um, show that I do here at Deadline, and I had a lovely time with her. And uh, that was a great performance. That's an Oscar-nominated performance for sure yeah. in a movie that people didn't see. That's the problem, And yeah. unfortunately, um, I thought that the, the love actors have for her would be strong enough, but the movie just was not strong enough to bring her into contention. Right. And that's a shame because it's a, it's a, it's a great performance and she knew it. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I really like that. Yeah. And also similarly, Molly Shannon in other people I thought was really good. Uh, Right. Janelle Monet, Hidden Figures was talked about. Greta Gerwig, 20th Century Women were some of the others. So again, just like best leading actress. Helen Mirren. Oh yeah, Helen Mirren. Mirren, Eye in the Sky. Eye in the Sky, right. So I think it's one of those years where if there were 10 nominees, there would have been 10 great 
nominees in, in yeah, lead, lead uh, actors. Yeah, there was a lot of great, a lot of great ones. Yeah, a yeah. lot of veterans yeah. that got left off the uh, plate here. But yeah, I, right. I actually think the female performances this year might have even been stronger than the male performances. Um, it seems like right. more competitive. Um, and so, oh, I think so. And yeah. best supporting actor, the five nominees: uh, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water. Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel, Lion, Michael Shannon, Nocturnal Animals. Now, this category is very interesting because the Golden Globe winner was for Nocturnal Animals, but it was Aaron Taylor Johnson, not Michael Shannon. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson wasn't even nominated, and it went for Michael Shannon. Um, and then the SAG Award went to Mahershala Ali for Moonlight. BAFTA went to Dev Patel for Lion. So it was really spread across the board. And then a lot of people were talking about Jeff Bridges. So... Um, you know, do you think it's still Mahershala with the momentum from SAG, or uh, what, what do you think happens? Well, there? what it seems to me is that the Golden Globe voters and the BAFTA voters resisted Moonlight in a bigger way than other organizations have. Um, Interesting. So hmm. they all had their ways, choices in, in the race um, not to go with anybody from Moonlight or Mahershala. Um, in the case of uh, BAFTA, Deb Patel is born in London. Right. He's a Londoner. You know, he was on Skins in London. He, he's well known there, and uh, so that was a good boost for him. But um, and Lions done pretty well, you know, this season. Yeah, I really. But like, um, I, I like and the other one, Aaron Taylor. You know, Aaron Taylor Johnson. You know, he was nominated at BAFTA too, oddly enough. But um, and obviously is London based too. So they seem to go more for their hometown people. Didn't really understand Moonlight as well as other places have. Mahershala. Okay. A lot of people, when I talk to them about it, they say, but it's such a small role. Yeah, it's just the beginning. and But his presence is felt throughout is, is sort of the line there. I've seen it twice, and I think he's terrific. He's really good. But I just keep wondering, too, is this, why is this such a slam-dunk winner of a performance? Right. I mean, there's three others in that movie that are equally as good. Right. Uh, Trevante Rhodes, um, you know, yeah, uh, he... the two kids. Yeah. How did he get the, the attention, do you think? Do you think they just kind of put the focus on him in the campaigning or what was it that gave him that? Momentum? Um, I think they put the focus on him. I think he was separated by the fact that he wasn't one of the three Sharones. Right. And um, uh, so that's it. And, and uh, you know, he's known from House of Cards and different things. So there was more to hang on there. He's also um, he's in Hidden Figures too. He won the SAG for yeah, Hidden Figures, and he's in Ensemble. Hidden Figures, you know, which certainly doesn't hurt, but yeah. it's not a huge role in Hidden right. Figures. Um, and Janelle's in Hidden Figures too, for yeah. that matter. Oh right, um, right, and Moonlight, yeah, 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 both of them. Um, so I don't know, you know, it just seems like it's a very low key performance, but it's one that people seem moved by, and uh, I think what's really nailed it for him. Uh, is his uh, SAG acceptance speech, yeah. his I am a Muslim speech. Yeah. You know, people seem really uh, affected by that. So your prediction here is Mahershala wins the Oscar as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Could I there don't be, know where else to go with that. Could there be a Jeff Bridges surprise or no? I, I think we would have seen indication of that earlier in the season if mm. that was, and I don't get any indication of Jeff Bridges from from the voters. Uh, so okay. far, it's been Mahershala right down the line of right. the people I've talked to. Okay, so we agree so far on those yeah. six. Uh, I want to talk about screenplay. Yeah. Screenplay, best original screenplay, Heller High Water, Taylor Sheridan, La La Land, Damien Chazelle, Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, 20th Century Woman. Um, so this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I've read about this a lot in Deadline. Uh, Moonlight won the Writers Guild Award, the WGA, for best original screenplay. 
But the Academy decided that it was an adapted screenplay because it's based on an unproduced play called In Moonlight, Black Black Boys Look Blue. Um, So the WGA original screenplay winner won't match the Oscar winner this year. Uh, Do you think that's true? First time ever. Really? Wow. First time ever that. Well, no, it's not the first time that a WGA no. screenplay won't match the Oscar no, winner. No, but that it won't. But it would be the first time that a WGA winner became an Oscar winner also, but in a different category <laughs> Adapted, than the right. WGA. Right. Yeah, that's so, never happened. So I think by taking Moonlight out of the original screenplay category, it, that now gives the chance to maybe La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and maybe Hell or High Water, I think. But uh yeah, I don't think Heller Highwater is going to win there, but I do think, um, and I don't think La La Land is going to win either right now because musicals are discounted in in the writing categories. Right. But um, but it won the Golden Globe about screenplay. Earlier. Yeah, it won the screenplay Golden Globe. I, I get that it won the screenplay at the Golden Globes, but I I still think you know we're looking at uh, a situation where writing is genuinely looked at separately by voters. Right. I think Manchester by the Sea wins that. Yeah, same. Um, That's my prediction too. Yeah, and then uh, you know. Well, I think and, it's because uh, the, I think uh, that's their place where they can give Kenneth Lonergan something because it's not going to get picture director. Yeah. So you give no. him, and he's written great scripts in the past too. Right. Uh, and so then, and adapt- then but yeah. I, you know, I think that's just the movie that's going to win there. It's a it's a very writery movie. It feels like a play in some ways. Right. You know, it's got great dialogue. Right. Uh, and then uh, then Moonlight because it's moved over to the um, adaptation category, pretty much has that locked up unless. And there is great love for hidden figures, but oh, yeah. the campaign just wasn't strong enough. But um, unless they want to give hidden figures something, and should hidden figures pull off a screenplay win, that would be interesting. I don't see indicators that that's happening, okay. and right now I see Moonlight um, winning that uh, pretty handily. Okay, so yeah, that's um, my prediction there too, especially since it was yeah. WGA. So I, I think we're going to see the runners up for you know pretty be, much be what they've been all along: Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, both winning an acting and a writing award. Yes, and La La Land taking out a lot of this other stuff. Exactly. I feel like that happens a lot. I remember going back to like Sideways and Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. All these movies I love that were nominated but didn't win Best Picture, they give it to them in the screenplay category a lot of the time. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that can be. You know, they look at it differently. Yeah, like Grand Budapest, those kind of movies. Mill, right, exactly. Um, This category, just to mention it, the adapted screenplay nominees are Arrival, Fences, which is August Wilson, Hidden Figures, as you said, Lion, which was a book, and Moonlight, which was a play. Uh, so we're both right. predicting Moonlight there. Very quickly, a couple more. Original score, uh, Jackie, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, Passengers. I think this is where they give it to Justin Hurwitz for La La Land. He was Damien. Oh, easily. Yeah. La La Land uh, got it in the bag. And, you know, it's sort of the Alan Menken thing, too. You know, uh, he would win an original score. They had to change the category rules to eliminate, you know, specific song scores. Um, oh, really? But, um, yeah, but because the voters are voting, you know, and, and so they make it tougher now to get uh, a, a musical to be nominated for best original score. There has to be a strong underscore in there. And so they put it out and they got it qualified immediately original score um la la land yeah um but the voters outside of the music branch 
um, and everyone gets to vote again on all these things. The voters will look at that as, oh, I love those songs. It's a great musical score. You yeah. know, they're going to give credit to the songs in the wrong category there. <laughs> and but it's for the underscore, and um, and and he will win for right. sure. I think when you think of the score, you think of the piano solo that Ryan Gosling keeps playing. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. it's interesting because Justin Hurwitz and Damien Chazelle were college roommates, and one's going to win best score, one's going to win best director, they're going to win best picture. It's going to be a a big night for them. I know. Um, so yeah, we big agree. Night for them. We agree on that. Original song. Yep. I always like this category. Uh, audition from La La Land. Can't stop the feeling from Trolls. City of Stars from La La Land. Empty Chair from Jim, the James Foley story, and How Far I'll Go from Moana. Um, I familiar with four. I'm not familiar with Empty Chair. That I guess was the surprise, right? Uh, Sting, actually, a couple yeah. of voters I've talked to, uh, the voters I've talked to actually voted for the empty chair. I said, really? Yeah, I like Sting. <laughs> is Sting, perf- um, is he's but, performing? I think Sting's performing. Ju- uh, he is. Justin, He'll be performing, yeah, yeah. Justin Timberlake, Lin-Manuel. Miranda, yeah, John Legend and is John singing Legend. the two La La ones. Right. Um, I uh, think this is City of Stars. Okay. It has two nominations. Yeah, uh, put that down, they, too. They, Lionsgate has known to promote. City of Stars, and um, you know, so in all their television ads after those two nominations came out, you've you've heard the uh, underlying theme yes. of City of Stars to get right. in people's heads. So and it won I the think Golden that's Globe. the winner. It won the Golden yeah. Globe too. Although you know, the audition song yeah. from La La Land, I feel like sticks with me a little more. The message of it. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I think that's why they put it in because they really liked that and lyrically yeah. and uh, Pasek and Paul, yes. um, who. Uh, did Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway right. and uh, yeah, the upcoming Showman movie with the Hugh Jackman right. um, for next year are, so, are great songwriters. So City of Stars, they win so. if that wins, right? Those guys. City of Stars, yeah. Yeah, and so then they'll probably win Tony's for Dear Evan Hansen this year, too. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I was going to say the other two songs, I have a seven-year-old nephew, Mason. I have twin four-year-old nieces, uh, Izzy and Sophie. They love the other two songs. Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. They sing it all the time. Justin Timberlake. And how far I'll uh-huh. go, how far I'll go from Moana. Normally, a song like yeah. that would win because, like, growing up, it was always Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. it just seems like you think La La Land isn't going to split and go to one of those. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I I don't see Justin Timberlake, although he's been a tireless campaigner. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't see um, Lin Manuel. I don't see the other ones winning. Uh, you know, they love Lin Manuel Miranda, but you know, the names don't appear on the ballot. It's just the name of the song and the movie. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. So. And do they send the academy scene? members? Is that what they do? They send they you send the scene? The, yeah, they can send. Well, they can do that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the bottom line is they do not send. They the name is not on the ballot on almost all these categories. Huh. So. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, of course, the name of the actors and the director and, yeah. and that sort of thing, but not really in uh, in the other categories. It's just the name of the movie. So, and in this case, the name of the song in the movie. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it's Lin-Manuel, uh, that's where you have to make it up by campaigning heavily and put it right. in people's heads that he wrote all this stuff, yeah. which some will know and some won't know. Interviews on you know? Deadline, for example. Uh, and he also, you yeah. know, the the fun fact about this category is if Lin-Manuel Miranda does win for Best Original Song, he completes the EGOT, which is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, at the age of 37, because yes. he's got Tonys and Grammys for yeah. In the Heights and Hamilton. He has an Emmy for the Tonys, so he just needs an Oscar. Um, 
Yeah, and Alan Menken has got Oscars, Tonys, and Grammys, and he just needs an Emmy. You know, <laughs> yeah. these guys need to get yeah. together, and you know, yeah. I don't know, but I don't think it's happening. <laughs> it's this not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, we both have. We so far we're exactly the same. And then uh, animated feature and documentary feature. I just wanted to do, which are uh, animated feature Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, Red Turtle, Zootopia. Uh, in the animated guild, Zootopia one, so I put Zootopia down. Uh, what do you think happens here? Zootopia. Disney um, has a very strong voting block. The movie's great. Um, they did a lot of advertising in the end with some terrific TV ads that they came up with. Um, I think it's a right for its times. Yeah. And it was a huge, gigantic hit. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings has been spending a fortune, all yeah. coming from Leica and uh, Travis Knight's group. Um, and they've been nominated four times now. There's been a lot of talk about that, and people genuinely like that. But I think it goes to Zootopia. I, I, I just don't hear Kubo, and even though it won at BAFTA. I, I think that and, and that and that was a good indicator for animated, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's Utopia the show. Why do you think uh, best animated feature is sometimes these you know smaller movies people haven't heard of and not something like you know Secret Life of Pets or something like that that makes a lot of money? Yeah, uh, because the the those on that animation committee, first of all, they love stop motion, which is what Kubo is, and it's what My Life as a Zucchini is. Okay, um, you know those are more traditional formats. The uh, True animation people really uh, respect the fact that, you know, these movies can get made in an untraditional way, and they respect that they put all that time into it, um, and they like it. So, you know, that's how, and these are indie films. That's why a little company called Jeep Kids is seemingly nominated every year with some obscure little movie right. they have, you know, that doesn't that's make, right. you know, three cents. But um, or anything compared to what Disney does, but um, right, that that's the that's the story there. That's yeah. Cool. Um, and then documentary feature: Fire at Sea, I Am Not Your Negro, Life Animated, OJ Made in America, and the Thirteenth. I will say, OJ Made in America is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I thought of it as more of a TV thing. It's five it nine, five ninety minute parts, but I guess it premiered at Sundance. Is yeah. that right? It premiered at Sundance, and they did some nominal theatrical runs, you know, to qualify it for Oscars. The Oscars bought into it. It is ESPN's first Oscar if it wins. Right. And <laughs> you... that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I put that down for my prediction. Uh, yeah. But it's but not I, your traditional I also think document. it'll win. It'll win yeah. simply because it's the longest one, and that's, that's you know, people won't even watch it, but they'll say seven and a half hours, it must be great. <laughs> right, or it, just, um, or it just needed yeah. some editing. Right. And they'll say, oh, OJ, isn't that that thing that wins everything? You know, of course, <laughs> not to be confused with the FX <laughs> series, uh, right. although this is a miniseries itself, but don't get me started. Okay. Um, I thought 13th was really good, and yeah. Netflix has poured the money into that campaign. Right. Um, but I don't, you know, I think against that, and I'm hearing a lot of votes, surprisingly, for I Am Not Your Negro okay. um, from Academy people that watch all of these movies. Okay. Um, but um, so that I one's think that's not a, sure a shot. Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, but I do, I do believe, like you do, that OJ wins basically because it's had all the heat all along. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, two, two more that help kind of with the best picture: uh, best cinematography, Arrival, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, Silence. This is rare because the last three years, Emmanuel Lubezki won for Gravity, Birdman, and Revenant. So this will be the first time in three years that someone new wins. Uh, I put down La La Land just because of the scope of it. Um, I think you did as well. Linus Sandman. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that, I think so. That lines up with Best Picture a lot too, right? Yeah, I think I think La La Land wins cinematography. Um, the cinematographers themselves went for uh, Lion, but um, I think that's because Lion was a very specific movie where they had specific camera angles they were shooting, particularly with the younger kid. Uh, I was told all this by Nicole Kidman, by oh, the way. Cool. That's nice. Um, and uh, so I said, oh, okay. So, you know, because she was surprised too. But she said, you know, I think with some, she said they, they realized the d- degree of difficulty that they had on Lion. Yeah. It might not be apparent to other people voting. I think it goes with Best Picture, and they voted in, as does film editing, your next question. Yeah, exactly. That so, was my next um, question. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so editing usually matches happening. Best Picture, right? So that's Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, yeah. Hell or High Water, La La Land, Moonlight. We both say yeah. La La Land. And uh, yeah. to come full circle, we talked about how La La Land has the 14 nominations. So out of 14, do you have a number that you think La La Land wins? Um, I do. I'm predicting 10. That's a lot. Okay. Um, 10's a good number. But I'm... The one I'm a little nervous about is sound mixing because I have it for sound mixing, which musicals generally win if there's a musical, okay. uh, but not sound editing, which I have going to Hacksaw Ridge. So I'm I'm hedging my bets there because okay. Hacksaw could come in and win, you know, could be that kind of movie if they really like it. They could come in and win both sound awards like Mad Max did last right. year. They could just they don't know anything about sound. So they can just check it off and say, well, sound editing, sound mixing, I don't know the difference. I'll just vote for the same movie. Yeah. But, um, but La La Land, and, so uh, if La La Land gets both sound mixing and sound editing, you'd be up to 11? Oh, it, it's... Uh, if it did? Yeah, I would be up to 11 if they followed my the rest of my path. Right. Yeah. And then if we um, get if we get the Ryan yeah. Gosling surprise, they have even more... Well, uh, then you're <laughs> now you're 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 the dreamer of the movie. Exactly. You're like going off into La La Land. Yourself. Exactly. Right. And so the, <laughs> the all I was going to say the all time the all time. I'm telling you now, it's not going to break the record for all time Oscar. Right. The, well, I was going to say the record, the all time record is 11, which is Titanic, Ben Hur, and uh, the third Lord of the Rings. So, uh, yeah, 11 is a tough number to hit, but um, a we, very tough number. Yeah, we will find out on Sunday. Are there any? other statistics or interesting fun facts we should know going into going into Sunday? Did, um, did we cover it all? No, just like, um, you know, uh, the shorts always, uh, you know, can be the pool winners or breakers there. And, uh, what should people and those down? are, can be unpredictable on those, uh, you know, and, um, uh, but the rest of it is, uh, I, I look at it this way. Okay. You can have two, two theories. One, it'll be a sweep and we haven't had a sweep of any kind, really, in a big way since Slumdog Millionaire, yeah, uh, which won eight Oscars. And before that, Lord of the Rings, which won a, le- a true sweep, which was 11 for 11. Right. Um, and uh, lately we've had two, you know, Spotlight won two, um, Argo and 12 Years a Slave won three, mm-hmm. King's Speech won four. You know, we have these smaller winners. Right. So um, there's been that tendency in the past to spread out the uh, goods and give it to other people. Yeah. Um, will the Academy go back to the sweep mentality this year? Do they love La La Land that much? That's the big question. I've gone with the sweep in this case uh, against what BAFTA did, for instance. And uh, I'm not um, spreading the wealth quite as much. I'm thinking... You know, like one key category, which I thought is the hardest one to pick, is best costume design. Oh, right. Uh, because La La Land is contemporary costumes. 
and it's up against Jackie, and it's up against Florence Foster Jenkins, and it's up against Fantastic Beasts, and it's up against um, uh, another one too. Um, and but they're all period pieces, basically. Um, so um, period usually wins in costumes. I simply could not decide between those four period movies, right. so I went with La La, which a no movie in 22 years has won for a contemporary costume. Right. Well, there's and, something um, about La La Land; it looks a little like a throwback. Uh, so maybe that'll yeah. help. Maybe that'll but help. I um I went with that just simply because I just couldn't decide on the other one. So I went with, uh, well, when in doubt, go with a sweep. Right. And uh, maybe the La La crowd thinks that enough of them think that way that the other one split. Yeah. Uh, which is entirely possible. So uh, we'll see. So, yeah, the, que- yeah. So the, anyway. the question is, is, I guess, the mystery is not if La La Land will win, but how many. So that'll be what people will be watching that's for. That's right. Um, that, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, and yep. you mentioned, I was going to tell you a quick story. You mentioned Slumdog Millionaire was the last sweep. That year, a friend of mine, Nicole Fox, who worked at Fox Searchlight, invited me to a very early screening at the Arclight with um, uh, Danny Boyle doing a Q&A. It was so early on, people really mm-hmm. didn't know anything about Slumdog. Maybe it was September, October. Uh, but I just remember going up to him after and saying, you know, you're going to win an Oscar for Best Director. He was like, no, it's too early. Uh, Benjamin Button is still coming out, you know, David Fincher. And I was like, I really think you're going to win. And we walked him to his car and we talked the whole time. And and then I saw him Oscar night. We went with him to the Vanity Fair party and he's holding his Oscar. And I was like, do you remember that? And he said, yeah, I do remember that. I was like, I told you you were going to win. So I have this pic- this picture with Danny Boyle holding his Oscar uh, at the Vanity Fair party that year. And so the Slumdog Sweep was like very memorable for me because I just kind of, yeah, I just kind of felt that that was one of those movies that was going to sweep. And I felt it again a few months ago with La La Land. So it's a very interesting uh it's fun to watch when the movie keeps momentum, you know, and like the rest of America. Well, I've got a better story on, on Slumdog. Oh, I was at it. the L.A. Film Festival when it was still in Westwood, and I ran into Bob Bernie, who I think at the time was working with Warner Brothers or somebody, where he would have seen this movie. And he says, I saw a really great movie, you know. And I said, oh, really? What is it? He says, it's called Slumdog Millionaire. And I said, really? <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire? I said, well, that's interesting. And he goes... Yeah, you know, Warner Independent, they have it and, you know, whatever, but it's 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 just, just a really good movie. I just liked it. And I said, oh, great. Do you think it has any awards potential at all? Um, <laughs> and he goes, oh, God, no. But really? he said, it's, it's a good movie. And, you know, and so then Warner Independent was trying to unload the thing, and uh, they had no faith in it, and they were going to go straight to DVD with it, and then they wound up selling you know, are bringing in um, Fox Searchlight, which oh. took it over. And, of course, the rest is history. So, you know, it's funny with these movies. That but is... I I remember that conversation so well. Oh, of course it doesn't have awards potential. <laughs> right, but... <laughs> yes. Slumdog was like the little yeah. engine that could I remember. Knows. Yeah. I remember sitting at the Critics' Choice Awards uh, at the Benjamin Button table that year. And about three awards in, Slumdog was winning everything. Three, and this was the first ceremony. And three awards in, Frank Marshall was sitting next to me, the producer of Benjamin Button. He pulls some paper out of his uh, coat and tears it up. And I said, "What's that?" And he says, "My speech." Wow. And I have a. And he goes, "I think this is the way the whole season's going to go." Wow. And. Uh, <laughs> that, he was right. Yeah, but you should never you should never tear up your speech just in case. Um, <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say this is separate from Oscar talk, but there was an article you wrote a month ago that I loved, which was uh, your appreciation for Mary Tyler Moore because your first job oh, yeah. in LA was on the Mary right. Tyler Moore show. I was wondering if you could yeah. quickly recount that for people who might not have read it. 
well, yeah, I was an intern, a summer intern there. And, um, it was, it was great. And, uh, and also on the Bob Newhart show, which was shooting on the same time on the lot at yeah. CBS Radford. And I got that through the television Academy That's great. and, uh, you know, and, and so there I am sitting there, you know, every day at, <laughs> at, at those iconic shows and watching them in motion. I think it was, you know, just an amazing experience. I do remember sitting in the, uh, in the audience stands by myself. There was only one other person there, Alan Lutton, who was yeah. married to Betty White. That's right. Was alive at the time. Yep. And, uh, and Betty was a guest star on the show and she was doing the Sue Ann Nivens thing. And it was the very first time they brought her in. And wow. I, I, she was so funny. And this was like a, a Monday afternoon rehearsal or something. It was just getting going. And I, I turned to Alan Ludd and I said, wow, she's really great. <laughs> uh, you know, they ought to consider bringing her back, you know? And, uh, and he goes, Oh, they're, they're already talking about that. Amazing. And, you know, I have to laugh, but I mean, I was there when that, that happened. Right. And, um, it's you know, it was just an amazing thing to see them all. And, uh, they were all buddies. And, and as I wrote in that article, uh, I was able to years, decades later, uh, be part of that group again when they were all reunited at the Betty White tribute, which I was hosting at the Television Academy. Amazing. And so Mary and and um, Ed Asner and Gavin McLeod and um, uh, all of them, you know, they were all there on Valerie Harper, uh, Georgia Engel. So cool. uh, it was just amazing yeah. and, and such a night, and which I have on DVD. But it's. Um, it was, it was a once in a lifetime experience and it was great. And then, you know, and so when she died, I just, you know, immediately just remembered that experience and, uh, you know, right. So the your first, first thing I ever said to her, yeah. you know, were you really the happy hot point elf? You know, which I, <laughs> right. I looked up, that was her first job. Right. And I said, yeah, you know, so anyway, that yeah. was fun. No, I love yeah. that story. And actually what was cool about it, it was on the CBS Radford lot. And the very yeah. first thing I did when I moved to L.A., I didn't even have a, a place yet. I was living at the Oakwood Apartments on Barham. And um, I did an observership with James Burroughs. And it was on the set of Will and Grace. Oh, so it was at Will and Grace at yeah. the, on the Radford lot. So it was very similar. I was reading your story, and I was like, my first gig was also like an observership, which is basically an inter right internship. There, huh? Yeah, you had, the, you had the same experience. Same kind and of thing. James Burroughs, I actually got to do his tribute at the TV Academy, oh, yeah. too. I love James He's Burroughs. the best. That must have been fun. Oh, it was the greatest yeah. thing. But it's just such a cool thing when you're a fan of the business and you just get here, and these people kind of welcome you, and they, you know— yeah, you know they allow your enthusiasm on the set, and I. It was amazing. Yeah. I was trying to be a sitcom writer at the time. Me too. That's I wound funny. up writing, yeah. but you know, I wound up writing and doing comedy and stuff, but not that. And right. um, you know, I, I wrote a Bob Newhart spec script, which I gave to Patchett and Tarsus, who were the story Wait, editors at the time. That's so funny. That's so funny. That's what I did yeah. too. I wrote a Will and Grace spec <laughs> script, and I gave it actually to James Rowe's company. And I think the son, Matt Tarsus, was working there at Three Sisters. Oh, hilarious! So yeah. I, <laughs> Jay Tarsus, yeah, was the guy. Jay, Jay and Tom <laughs> Patchett, and you know they were very nice about it. I thought it was a pretty good script. I know. I but thought it mine was, was um, too. They said, uh, <laughs> they said, wow, well, we couldn't have written something like this at your age, right. you know, and that sort of thing. And and right. that was a nice thing to say. That's but so it wasn't cool. like I, you know, it wasn't like what I had fantasized. Like they're to read it and oh my god oh right we have to shoot this just as it is we don't even need to rewrite it <laughs> right oh yeah i was telling i was telling people back in new jersey that i was gonna have an episode of will and grace i was like this is so cool i turned in a, a spec script and it was matt tarsus which is a very very funny how funny. how history repeats oh, um yeah but i love that story i thought that was a really nice tribute yeah. and and it's fun to hear how people yeah. get their starts out here 
Uh, so yeah, cool. but so those are our predictions for the Oscars. I thought yeah. that that was great. That's a wrap on episode 42. Uh, thank you, Pete Hammond, for sharing your time and your expertise. Uh, Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Okay. Don't miss the 89th Annual Academy Awards Sunday night, February 26th on ABC. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.